Hello and welcome to church. Oh. <laughs> welcome from our sofa to yours. We are the Johnsons and we'll be hosting this morning. Just so you know our names, my name's Anna. Nathan. Zach. Emma. Noah. And Paul. It's great to have you here this morning. It might well be the case that you're a regular, in which case, welcome back. It's lovely to have you worshipping with us this morning. Or perhaps maybe this is your first time tuning into the King's Arms. Maybe even you're looking into Christianity, in which case a particularly warm welcome to you. It's a privilege to have you with us and it's our prayer that you really meet with God this morning. And well, a date for your diary. Friday the 19th of June, King's Arms is hosting its first ever big pub quiz. If any of you are like me and quite competitive, or you just love general knowledge or want to extend your learning, hang out with friends, family, the more the merrier. Everyone's welcome, free to join, but to register and find out more details, please go to kingsarms.org forward slash big pub quiz. Excellent. Well, Damien's going to be leading us in worship in a moment. Uh, but just to say, I'm aware that because things are online, maybe you're watching it on a TV or a laptop, it is quite easy to get distracted with other things, maybe scroll on to other pages or look up things or put it on whilst you do the ironing. Actually, scratch that. Nobody's doing any ironing these days, but just get distracted by other, other things. Can I just really encourage us as we worship to put aside anything that would compete for your attention and instead just say, Lord, this is time for you. And so that we, each of us, can encounter him. Because it doesn't matter if you're in a lounge or a bedroom or wherever you are. Even if you're just on your own with him, he can come and meet with you. So why don't I just pray for us and then we're going to get underway. Father, we thank you so much that you are the omnipresent God, that you are everywhere. That you can meet us wherever we are, whoever we're with. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and encounter each one of us now. We choose to put aside every other distraction and instead, give this time over to you to focus on you. Come, encounter each one of us. Come and speak to us and be honoured by our praises. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we gather together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior and fall on your grace. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come gather together to lift up your name and call on our savior fall on your grace and hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down as your people sing we will rise with you lifted on your wing and the world will see that our God saved our God says
Let 
sun, moon and bright shining star Praising the heavens and waters and sky Let the whole earth praise Him Praise the Lord, oh my soul. 
at the foot of your throne I'm bowing in reverence and giving thanks to the one now I'm joining the angels in the heavenly throne along with the saints in unending song and I know how lovely is the King in all his glory is the Christ Love 
Give him your heart now, give him your heart now, for he is good. And oh, how lovely is the King in all his glory. Is the Christ who is holy, who was, and who is, and how amazing is His love so unfailing? Is His grace that draws us? Holy Spirit, thank you that you give us joy, not dependent on our circumstances. Thank you that your joy brings strength to us. Amen. Amen. Well, the observant amongst you will have noticed that our children are no longer here. Uh, The reason being that what started out as hosting quickly descended into a bundle and I was just being too badly assaulted. So we locked the doors. Yeah, it was chaos. We locked the doors and who knows, maybe we'll have them back another time. Uh, but we did want to take a moment to let you know about uh, some of the things that are going on in the life of the church. So, Ames. Well, just a reminder, please do stay around for the coffee and chat section at the end. But also, if you want or need prayer at any point during the service, then do press the live prayer button. And we have people that would love to be praying with you. Great. Well, we wanted to take this opportunity now to take up our offering. Obviously, when we were gathering together, we would pass around a basket That's not possible now, but we did want us to have an opportunity to give to God as part of our worship and bless him for all that he's given to us. And obviously the money goes to help both the work here at the King's Arms uh, in the UK, but serve other churches in the area and beyond and overseas. So now's your opportunity to give and you can give online by clicking the give button. I've got to be completely honest. I'm not sure where the button is, but it'd be somewhere on, it'd be somewhere here on the screen so do look for that and click that 
Uh, the other thing um, we wanted to flag up was the whole area of education and spend a bit of time praying for that. Um, I guess many parents like myself have a newfound appreciation for all that teachers do yes. uh, as we are very pathetically doing home education. Uh, the maths GCSE homework has not gone well, although I am hoping for quite a good grade from the history assignment I did. I put a lot of work into that. Uh, that was okay. Well, we put a lot of work into that. So we've put together a little video um, for you to look at now and to join in as we pray for those involved in the whole area of education. Father, I want to pray for those students that should have been doing their A-levels and GCSEs this summer. God, I want to pray that you give them peace in this season, God, and that you help them to trust you, to know that you have their marks covered and that you have their futures covered. You have plans to prosper them and not to harm them. God, and for those making decisions about grades, God, give them wisdom, especially we ask in Jesus' name. Yeah, Jesus, I pray for the teachers going back to school. I pray that you will give them uh, peace as they um, go back into their classrooms. pray that you will give them wisdom on how to keep them and their students safe. And uh, I pray for protection over them and that they will be healthy and well. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, amen. Our Father and our God, we thank you, Lord, um, for your grace. We thank you, Lord God, for um, our teachers. We thank you for our students. Thank you for everyone in the place of authority um, making decisions around education at this time. Father, we ask, oh Lord God, that um, only your will will be done. Um, even in this period, we ask, Lord, for wisdom. We ask for understanding. We ask that you surround them even with wise counsel at this time. And that, Lord, all the glory will be yours, Lord, at the end of this. We give you praise, O oh Lord. We exalt your holy name, Lord Jesus. For we've prayed in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We want to pray for your closeness to our children with special needs. Let them feel your unchanging love in these uncertain times as they have to adapt to so much around them. We pray for the teachers to have a greater understanding of their needs. Give them wisdom and strength to be able to keep them safe in all situations. And God, we just want to pray against fear in the special schools. Jesus, we just pray for your peace to overflow in them places. Thank you, God. Father God, I lift up everybody who's working tirelessly in education, particularly during the lockdown period. And I pray that as our 10s and 12s go back to school on the 15th, that deeper connections and relationships are formed and that any sense of fear or anxiety about going back post-COVID completely disappears. Father, we thank you so much for um, the teachers in our community and the way they serve and love our children. Father, we pray for grace on... Uh, every child and every teacher returning to school. Pray, Father, help the children adjust, uh, keep them safe, Lord God. And we pray for teachers that you would give them creativity and energy and resourcefulness to cope with these new ways of working. And Father, we pray a blessing on every child that isn't returning to school, that you'd help them to be able to study at home, to focus and to not feel like they're missing out. Bless this whole area, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, in a moment, we're going to be hearing from Steve, who's continuing our new series on pictures of the church but first to let you know that there's going to be a Facebook live discussion on race next week evening of the 18th and here's Ben to let us know a bit more about that. 
Some of you may have seen the Facebook and YouTube live video that Steve Wilson has been running over the last few weeks. And we wanted to take this moment to invite you to the next one happening this Thursday, where the lovely Yvonne Mambo and Simon Holly and a Nigerian guy who moved to the UK for the weather, I'll let you guess who that is, will be discussing the very important topic of racism and equality in the church. You can send in your questions beforehand to, to steve.wilson at kingsarms.org or simply join in live on Thursday at 8 p.m. It will be a great opportunity to dialogue over what is such an important issue. See you there. Well, hello and welcome back to the Wilson household. I'm not quite getting used to this yet, but I am pleased about the fact that I can wear my slippers to be able to speak to you today. But you can't see that, so I don't know why I mentioned it. Anyway, I digress. Listen. I have a friend of mine, his name is Jay John, and he is an Anglican minister. And uh, he was once on an aeroplane at Heathrow Airport and got chatting to the person who was next door to them. They worked out where they were going and he asked her what she did for a living and then she asked him in return, well, what is it that you do? And he smiled and was very creative. He said this, he said, I work for a global enterprise. Do you, she said. Well, yes, I do. We have outlets in nearly every country of the world. Have you? Yes, he said. We have hospitals, homeless shelters and hospices. We do marriage work. We have orphanages, feeding programs, education programs. We do justice work and reconciliation work. Basically, we look after people from birth to death and we deal in the area of behavioral alter alteration. Wow, she said, so loud that people all around the cabin turned around and looked at them. What's it called, she asked. He said, well, it's called the church. Have you ever heard of it? I love that story and I love the creativity. But listen, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are part of that very same church. Now, I remember uh, being a child and being dragged along to church and only ever really thinking about it as being a very dusty, old building. Cold, difficult to be there, maybe a spire, maybe a font, but this place was dull and this place was irrelevant. Now, I remember even thinking up games to try and entertain myself in that place. And so I would get one of those big dusty hymn books and then I would look down at the hymn we were about to sing and decide, guess how many words did I think were in that entire hymn? And then I'd painstakingly think, all right, I think there is 237, one, two, three, four. I was that guy and it was that dull. Now, of course, it's slightly different. I realise that the church isn't a building, it's not an organisation. The church is the people, the people of God, a body of believers from every tribe, every nation and every tongue. Now in this series we're going to be exploring what is the church and I want us to look at the church today as the army of God. Now a military metaphor like that might not be very popular and I must say that nowhere in scripture does it actually use that term army of God but what we do see is many military style references right the way through scripture and leaving us with no doubt that you and I are in a battle. Let me give you a few illustrations. Like in, in 2 Corinthians 10, it talks about us being a, in a fight, but not using weapons of the world, but using weapons of divine power to demolish strongholds. 1 Peter 5 tells us to be sober-minded, to be watchful as we have an adversary who prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. 
Now, several times in uh, Paul's letters, he talks about how we as Christians should fight the good fight. In Ephesians 6, we know that famous passage where he talks about wearing the whole armour of God and to stand against the schemes of the devil and that we are to wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of evil. And now, with the help of a young friend of mine, I want us to look at a few verses together from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tired up in the affairs of civilian life for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them and athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules and hard-working farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labour. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Didn't he do well? That's my boy. Now listen, there is no doubt when we look at that passage that we are in a war. And Paul's encouragement to Timothy and to us is that we should be good soldiers of Christ Jesus. Now the first thing that we need to be aware of from this passage and those others that I referenced would be that we shouldn't be surprised by the fact that we are in a war. Now you might think this is obvious given that most of us are seeing injustice, most of us are seeing news headlines of pain and of suffering and even from just glancing at those uh, few headlines each day some of us might be feeling utterly overwhelmed by what's going on. Now scripture is clear that we do have an enemy who's distorting truth and is pulling people away from God. And it's our responsibility as Christians actually to do something about those injustices and see the kingdom of God come. Now, some, some people think that when they become a Christian, actually everything in life should be super smooth all of a sudden. Everything should go swimmingly. But I'm sorry to say that's not the case. In fact, even Jesus himself in John 16, 33, says that in this world, you will have trouble. That's not an especially encouraging verse. I, I haven't seen many uh, fridge magnets with that on it or bumper stickers on the back of cars saying something like that. I remember I'd been a Christian for around about nine months when I had this horrific week and uh, so many things were happening. I was a self-employed businessman. I employed IT technicians who were going into schools as well as doing web design. But one of my kind of key technicians just walked out on me really abruptly. I felt like the business was falling apart. Now in that same week, the girl who I was dating at the time who had been primarily responsible for me to come coming to Christ, actually her and I broke up in a really messy split. And then in that same week, my brother was killed in a car accident at just the age of, of 20. And I kind of realized that, actually, hold on, I, I was a Christian now. Surely everything should be going great. God's on my side. Thankfully, I knew the other part of that verse. 
I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. See, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. See, that's such an important thing for us to understand right now. Even in the midst of the war that is raging on so many levels, we need to take heart because God has overcome the world and we can hold on to that very truth. So how should we act if we're going to be soldiers of Jesus Christ and part of this pictorial army? How should we act? Now, I want to just share from that passage just a few key truths to show you them. And then I want to pick up two stories of people who I think uh, define what it looks like to be uh, men and women of God just like this. A few things that it says in that passage. In verse four, it says, don't get caught up with civilian affairs. Instead, please the officer. Now, to me, this speaks of being single-minded, to being utterly focused on the things that we are called to. As it were, are we each of us making a decision to live primarily for an audience of one? I've spent way too many years of my life thinking about other people's opinions, worrying about how I can impress or do something that's going to make other people think differently about me. When in truth, my primary responsibility is to love single-mindedly Jesus Christ and allow him to speak to me about where I should be putting my focus. To avoid trivial things, to empty things, worthless things, and instead give myself to things of real value and to utterly please him. Now verse five then, as he talks about being like an athlete, says that we should be living following the rules. Now, what does that mean? Well, I would suggest it means that for an athlete, following the rules is about living with integrity. Are we living with integrity in our lives and making wise choices? Are we above reproach? And then the third illustration that was used in that passage was being like a farmer and working hard, working hard, living with integrity, being single-minded. These are godly characteristics for us to pursue. But you've got to realise that each of those things are are, are things for for us to pursue, but it's got to be rooted in what it says in verse 1. This is where our strength comes from. It says, be strong. Well, how should we be strong? We've got to read further in the verse. Because it says we can be strong through grace. Where does the grace come from? Well, it comes from God and it's in Jesus Christ. Now, those verses are the ones that we need to rest in and recognize that our strength comes from the grace of God. And so for everything that you're called to, for all the injustice that you want to fight right now, whether you're running like a headless chicken in lots of different directions, actually I want to bring us back to the fact that it's in grace, in the grace of Jesus, that we find salvation, that we find hope, that we find the strength to be able to live out the things that we're called to as someone who's going to be a soldier of Jesus Christ. And we can make a difference. You see, this strength is not only for our own circumstances, though they are important. And so if you need help as a parent, as a spouse, you need help in in your work life right now, you need help with your mental health in any of the, the kind of areas that you see, actually we can get that from the same place. But it's also to help others and to change circumstances and situations around us. And so many issues are on my heart just now and on the hearts of other people. Maybe you're thinking about those who are going to be unemployed because of the effects of this pandemic. Maybe you're uh, worried about those who are sick in your family or, or just generally around the town and beyond. Maybe you're worried about those who are struggling emotionally or mentally. And in my mind, like so many other people right now, 
my uh, thoughts have been drifting toward the issue of race and equality. Now, the idea of me having a difference and having an influence in that kind of setting is something that plays on my mind. And I know for some people, it might be that you're incredibly excited and think, yes, I'm a soldier of Jesus Christ. I want to make a difference in this arena. Or maybe it's the case that you suddenly feel overwhelmed and think, can we make a difference? I remember this stunning story about a man who was walking along a beach in Mexico. It was low tide after a storm and he saw that there were tens of thousands of starfish that had been left stranded on the beach, dying in the heat of the sun. And off in the distance, this man, he saw a young boy who was picking up the starfish one at a time, and he was going down to the sea and throwing the starfish back in. The boy then went back to get another one and he picked up and he walked it from on the hot sand down to the water's edge, throwing it, throwing it in the sea. Now the man went up to the boy and he laughed and he said, look, can't you see there are tens of thousands of starfish out here? I don't really think what you're doing is going to make any difference. Now the young boy silently carried on, picked up another starfish, went down to the water's edge and then he turned to the man and he said, well, I bet it made a difference for that one. And you know what? It's an illustration, a picture of the fact that actually even our simple acts can make a massive difference to other individuals' lives. I remember thinking when I was back at school of, uh, we need to find someone who had fought in the Second World War. And I went to my grandfather and was like, grandfather, did you, uh, did you fight in the Second World War? And, and I was almost disappointed by the fact that he didn't. He wasn't on the front line, but he was a farmer. And actually what he did from his position of influence to serve and support everything that was going on was absolutely critical and crucial. So no matter which one of those things is on your heart right now, what God's placed on your heart, whether it's in prayer and whether it's with an action or a combination of those things, you can make a difference. Let me tell you two stories as we finish. The first of which is I want to tell you a story about a man named Oladar Equiano. Now, in the late 1700s, you might remember the influence of a Christian politician called William Wilberforce in helping end the slave trade. But his is only part of the story. You see, I've been learning of this black Nigerian man whose influence was critical in bringing an end to slavery. Equiano was born in a province in an area that's now known as southern Nigeria. And he was kidnapped with his sister at around 11 years of age sold by local slave traders and shipped across the Atlantic to Barbados and then to Virginia. And in Virginia, he was sold to a Royal Navy officer who renamed him Gustavus Vassa after a, after a Swedish king. Now, Equiano traveled the oceans for eight years. Now, during that time, praise God, he became a Christian. He was baptized and he learned to read and write and he was then sold to a ship captain in London. Now, while he was working there as a deckhand as in valet and um, as a barber, he was able to earn enough money to buy himself into freedom. And then in 1786 in London, he became involved in the movement to abolish slavery. He was a prominent member of what's called the Sons of Africa, a group of 12 black men who campaigned for its abolition. And then in 1789, he published his autobiography. It was called The Interesting Narrative of the Life of Oladu 
Equiano, or Gustavus Vassa, the African. Now he traveled widely promoting the book, which became immensely popular. It helped abolitionist cause and just sharing his story about what happened. It's one of the earliest books actually that's published by a black African writer, and he became crucial in the fight alongside Wilberforce. Sadly, it was eight years after his death that everything that he'd worked for for so many years was introduced as the Slave Trade Act of 1807. This Christian, this incredible black man who I didn't know about, actually he was a soldier for Christ Jesus, and I would celebrate him and celebrate that we can follow something of his example. The second illustration I wanted to give to you, another soldier of Jesus Christ, was the General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. Now Booth came from a very poor background in Nottingham and he lost his dad at just 13. He had no education, he had no university, but he had to look after his family as such a young boy. And he worked incredibly long hours, even at that young age, and he became a Christian at 15. And just similarly, he didn't look at his circumstances. He didn't look at the difficult things that were around him. He just wanted to make a difference. And so he would share about the love of Jesus with everyone who would listen. Now Booth, on one occasion, had a moment which would change his life as he was walking back through London on a Christmas day. And he realised after preaching a Christian message, he opened his eyes to the poverty that was all around him. It was unwashed, ragged, people digging through bins, drunk in the streets on his walk. And he said to his wife, I will never have a Christmas day like this again. Now the next Christmas, he was true to his word and he and his family scattered right the way across the slums distributing food. William Booth had an unashamedly hands-on approach to Christian ministry. And his instinct was not to lobby someone else to do something, but to roll up his sleeves and be part of the solution to help those in need. He had found his destiny and the Salvation Army was born. Now the Salvation Army, if you know any of the history, they marched into, literally marched into some of the poorest, toughest towns in England. They proclaimed the gospel, they fed and they clothed and they helped the poor. They saw many prostitutes, criminals and alcoholics converted. In fact, at the time, pubs were furious because people were not drinking anymore. They also experienced some of the worst violence against Christians that England has ever seen bombarded with stones and mud and burning coals, dead cats and rats, and even bottles of urine. But in response, they showed love. This was an army, but not of weapons and force, but of love and compassion. And as they fought sex trafficking and reformed working conditions in factories, and they cared for the physical needs of the poor, the mental needs of the uneducated, the spiritual needs of the masses, and the most basic needs of abandoned children. They set up soup kitchens and helped prostitutes go in and out of hospitals and they would support the sick, looking after the elderly and the blind and the addicts and the homeless. He was a soldier of Jesus Christ. And that's my heart for us. But every single one of us has got to make a decision. And just like Micah 6 says, what does the Lord require of you? It's to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. So my question today to you is, will you fight with me? Can we fight together in love to show God's love no matter what the resistance? To persevere even when there's no encouragement? To share the gospel even no matter what is thrown at us? To demonstrate God's love in the way that he's called us to? 
to stand for racial equality and against all injustice. Will we give him all of us? Oh, I must say, and I'm not going to do some fancy advertisement, because what I believe is that God calls people to come into relationship with him. But I know there are going to be people watching right now who have never given their lives to Christ and have never enlisted themselves into this army. Now, if that's you, there's a button on the screen right now that says, I want to respond to Christ. I would urge you to click that button because we want to connect with you. We want to pray with you. We want to resource you to start this journey. And realizing that even though life's not going to be perfect, God loves you and is for you, longs to forgive you, longs to bring you into his family. And as such, bring you into playing a part of extending his kingdom across our town, across our nation. And to do it all in love. We love 1 John 4:19 because God first loved us. So I want to say thank you so much. And let's go and do this together. Amen. Well, thanks so much for sharing that with us, Steve. Can I be encouraging each of us to consider how we're going to take what we've heard today and then apply it to our own lives? I know for myself, it's so easy to hear a talk and then you move on and the busyness of life takes over. But really, God's word changes us when we not just hear it, but apply it to our lives. So maybe consider the couple of the inspiring stories that Steve told about those early pioneers and think to yourself, well, how does that inspire me? And what is God speaking to me about through this, through this so that we're applying it to our everyday lives? Okay, thanks. Well, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time, or maybe you want to know more about what it is to have a relationship with him, then please click the live prayer button now. We have people that would love to talk more about that with you. And similarly, uh, we're going to have on the screen uh, words of knowledge where people from our online team are sensing God saying to them, people to pray for or areas to pray for if any of those relate to you or you want prayer for anything else then please do click that button otherwise there's the coffee and zoom available a chance to meet some new people or perhaps catch up with old friends so that we're staying connected in these times but that's it from us this week we hope you have a great week and we shall see you online or midweek at some point have a great week take care bye